this morning, I want to encourage you because I'm not going to keep you long. And I'm encouraged by that. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm glad you came, but I don't want to keep you here long. It's still the holiday weekend, and it's, it's enough that you just came. And can I tell you, thank you for worshiping. I, I, I mean, you know, you, you never... You know, you never know when you come in. If you, if you don't, if you, if you at least don't have the worship, you don't have any wood to do anything. And and when you worship, and and you know what, and I got to be real, you know, things look a little different around here. And you've never quit worshiping. And let me tell you, that's the that's the story of my life, is that no matter what's happened, no matter what's going on, I've never quit worshiping. And man, let me tell you. It's not always, it's not always easy. Uh, can I, if I'm being real honest, can I tell you there are times when I was saying, uh, uh, I trust in God, and then I'd be like, just a little bit. <laughs> and y'all think I'm being funny. I really am not. I will turn that on in my truck or, or at the house because I know I'm having problems trusting. And I'll turn that on, and I'll say, he goes, I trust in God. I'm like, just barely. My Savior, and then <laughs> it really happens like that. And then by the time I get to the end, usually when I get to that, I sought the Lord. Usually it's like I got to start repenting. And actually, that's what I'm. I'm really talking to you about this morning. And I'm not going to keep you long, but I am going to give you something. I, I'm determined. And again, I, I think for this time, if if you've ever if you've worked at on church staff or if any kind of public speaking, a public presentation. It's kind of like politics. You know, the most with politics, like you can see something and they tell you you don't see what you see, but it's right in front of you. It's like, well, I, see, I see that. That's a duck. It's not a chicken. But no, it's a chicken. No, it's a duck. I can see it. It's right there. No, it's a chicken. Um, I don't know any other way to be this morning than to just, just lay it out. To just, to just you, know, you know, kind of more so behind the veil, not to just not to pretend things are not as though they are. To just say, hey man, this is tough. 23's been tough. 23 has been hard. I told our group this morning, I'm, I'm determined. I'm determined to break the heaviness. It's heavy. It's, you know, you always come to church and there's, there's a little heaviness. I'm determined to break that. I'm de well, if if either, either that's breaking or I'm breaking. It's one or the other. And this morning I wanna talk to you just a little bit about how not to go into 24. And, and, and if I could even be a little more transparent, I'd, I'd even, I've had a couple of bad days, if I'm being honest. And I, I'm a super analyzer. I, am a, I have a problem and I have four solutions. And then I, I go through the, while I'm working on the first one, I'm, I'm thinking about the second one and planting the seed for the third one when I get to it. And then there's the fourth, we're all in it. <laughs> it's the nuclear option. And that's, that's how I process things. And, and I should have just, just stay over here with the problem. And that got me to where I am today. And even though I put this together, I'm still frustrated at myself for doing it because it's, it's to me. So for the rest of you guys, it, it may not apply to you, but I wish it didn't apply to me because I'm gonna have to repent as soon as church is over. So I was, I was reading this last night going, Lord, you're a knucklehead. And, um, but let's open up. I want to look at, I want to get into this so I can let you go. Deuteronomy 34, uh, 4 says, And the Lord said to him, This is the land of which I swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. 
I will give it to your offspring. I have let you see it with your eyes, but you shall not go over there. You know, as we enter 2024, I, I don't want to take 20, like there's nothing in 2023 I want. Like I'm done with you. You're like an ugly ex-girlfriend. <laughs> I'm, done, I'm done with you. No more. Don't lose my number, please. Um, I like... <laughs> I got to repent. Look, I love church. I've been in church all my life. But we do some, we do some cheesy stuff in church. Y'all know that? Like, I've already seen it. I knew I was going to say this. And this week, I've already seen these little things come out where it's like more in 24. I can't say that with a straight face. I'm sorry. Um, oh, wait, man, we got, we got free in 23. Or uh, yeah, I'm due in 22. Devil's done in 21. Right, look, man, I, I, the sad thing is sometimes people, it works, it, it, but I can't bring myself to do it. But, hey, 24, I want more of whatever 24 is because 23 was bad. And uh, so, hey, at this point, I'm willing to sign up for all the cheese that y'all will give me just so we can do something different. And uh, feeling this way, though, like just 23, ugh, feeling that way led me to thinking about Moses. Moses, why, I, I'm, Moses' life fascinates me, and I think I say that about every Bible story I ever talk about, but his life in particular fascinates me because of, because of his story. It, for me, I, I, I told you I'm an analytical kind of thinker, and I, I think, man, his life is very much defined at 40, 80, and 120. So he's got these clear lines. I, I'm not a circle guy. I'm a square guy. I like straight lines, and it's, you know, 40, 80, 120. That, that just speaks to my mind, maybe not to yours. And then I think about, I think about the, the, the questions, like why, how, how Moses was even found, how Moses was rescued for the, for, from Herod and then, then uh, for Pharaoh, and then how his life led up to what it did by leading the Israelites out of the desert. My question is, why didn't Moses enter the promised land? It's that simple today. That's, that's the question I have for me. That's the question I have for you. Let's pray real quick, and then we'll get into this. Father, I pray today that, Lord, you, you help me communicate what you've put in my heart and what you've put in my head. And, Father, I pray that you reignite our faith to trust you, Lord, that you put our faith back together and that you do something in this place that you meant to do all along. I thank you for your faithfulness, Father. I thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Imagine leading a group of people for, for 40 years. You're committed to this thing for 40 years to only see it fall apart. You, you don't, or you don't see it through to completion. At least your portion stops here and you're not able to see this thing done. The journey that the Israelites took was only supposed to be 11 days. I, I, I can't fathom of messing up so bad that what should have taken me two weeks has taken me 40 years if I didn't say anything, I could stop right there because I don't want to get to the end of 40 years. 40 years is probably a, a good time span of, of working, you know? You probably start really working around 20, 22, and get through college or, or you get out of high school and you start working. And then 65, you're, you're like, I'd like to be done. I don't know if you can do that anymore, but, but that's how we're supposed to do it. And, you know, you got about 40 years there of hustle. So the whole time I'm hustling, I'm working for nothing. And that, again, my little one, two, three, and four, that's my analytical 
thinking, oh man, I just lived in the desert with you guys and now I can't reap the benefits of that. Why did not, why didn't Moses enter the promised land? Do you know most of our problems in our Christian walk, they end up happening to us because of a lack of faith. I struggle more, I think, with faith than, than maybe, you know, oh, hey, we've got a, we've got a mountain. I can climb that. I, you know, I'm one of those people, don't tell me I can't do something. I will show you. And I'm very well made, can't do it. But I will die trying. It's, it's my family, we get this thing, man. You put us in the corner and we, we come on out. And uh, I think about Moses and his lack of faith. How did he not have enough faith? Because we see... We see the 120 years. I know everything about his life now. I know what he didn't know then. I look at, uh, at some level, every time we fall, at some level, every time we fall, it's a faith issue. In Numbers 20 and Deuteronomy chapter 32, we find God stating that Moses, and this is where I got my sermon title, broken faith. Moses had broken faith with God in the presence of the Israelites. Deuteronomy 32 says, um, this is because of you broke, this is because you broke faith with me in the presence of the Israelite at the waters of Meribah Kadesh in the desert of Zen and because you did not uphold my holiness among the Israelites. Therefore, you will see the land only from a distance. You will not enter the land I'm given to the people of Israel. Deuteronomy 32 has like 50 verses. It's a long, it's a long book, long chapter. And the 50 verses are God talking to Moses. It's almost like when you read Job and Job's in his pit and, and God takes like four or five chapters and says, I did this, I did this, I did this, I did this. He breaks it down for the dumb people. He does this for Moses in Deuteronomy 32. 50 verses of, remember I did this. Remember I gave you manna. Remember I delivered you from the Pharaoh. I remember I brought you into the desert, this 11-day trip. I have, I have sustained you for all these years. This is almost the end of the journey that we're talking about this morning in Deuteronomy. This is almost the end. And then he says, therefore, because you didn't believe in my faithfulness, although I've been faithful, A, B, C, D, X, Y, Z, you did not believe in my faithfulness. Therefore, do y'all know what therefore in the Bible is kind of like when you're a kid? And my dad used to do this often. When he would say, he'd say, Chad Michael Parker. He, and he'd say a little slower for emphasis. Chad Michael Parker. It usually went something like, if you don't stop, I'm going to spank you. And you know you don't want me to spank you. He'd get that, that low pitch. And he was right, I didn't. And uh, most of the time, now my mama wasn't that way. My mama was a screaming banshee. She's watching this morning. She's not here so I can talk about her. She was like a helicopter. They got these helicopter moms that, yeah, well, her helicopter was uh, yardsticks and her blades, it just, don't get in the way, you're getting hit. So my dad actually threw away her yardstick. <laughs> like, she's not here so I could tell it. She was, she was helicoptering too much. So don't, don't get a therefore in your life. Don't have all three names. Numbers 20 through 25, this is, it says, there was no water for the people to drink at that place, so they rebelled against Moses and Aaron. The people blamed Moses and said, if only we had died in the Lord's presence with our brothers. Why have you brought the congregation of the Lord's people into this wilderness to die, along with all of our livestock? Why did you make us leave Egypt and bring us here to this terrible place? This land has no grain, no figs, no grapes, no pomegranates, no water to drink. Again, 
this is, this is, they're 40 years, almost, they're almost done with this journey. This is not, oh, hey, we left yesterday and we don't have enough food to make it. This is after 40 years of water to drink, rivers to cross, food to eat. This, this is not yesterday. The Israelites become angry and they turn on both Moses and Aaron. And this was the routine that's just all too familiar. And I don't think we've changed a whole lot. And again, I'm singing, I trust in God, but I'm also singing just a little bit the first time. It's not, I'm, I'm the analytical guy. I got a, my scenarios. I'm like, I trust in God if you'll do this for me today. But can I tell you something? This is not my notes. Let me tell you what happened the other day. This happened the last Sunday we were here. I got a, I, I, before I got out of the parking lot, I got a phone call and it wasn't a nice one. And uh, it's, it's, you know, those aren't fun, but I was frustrated. Well, somebody had given me a, a, a Christmas card and I put it in my back pocket and I went and it, it fell out of my pocket. I went and ate lunch. I got home and I went to look and I said, that's not, ask Casey, did I give that to you? She says, no, you took it. I said, well, it, it has money in it. I knew that. And uh, thank you, Jesus. And uh, I, I get home, I'm like, Oh man, you know, I'm gonna, it, it was worth the trip to come back up here. I, I know the doors are locked, but I'm like, ah, I'm just gonna drive up here. And on the way over here, you ever do that fleece before the Lord? The, it, the, I had a, the phone call, like I said, it, it wasn't fun. And um, on the way over here, I pulled out one of those, Lord, if you love me, if you're with me, if you haven't forgotten or forsaken me, I trust you. And that little card's going to be somewhere on the parking lot. And so I make the corner here. I turned in the parking lot. Well, it wasn't over there because I had moved my truck over there to load some stuff up. And then I drove over here, and this envelope was blue. And I kiss your foot. I get to this corner over here, and I can see, the little, I can see it flapping. So it's been sitting. This is where I parked. It's sitting back here on the concrete for the last three or four hours. So that worked for Sunday. Monday, I needed another one. I didn't, Lord, if you love me, if you haven't forgotten me, if you haven't forsaken me, remember how you did that envelope with the money in it, and the, and the money was still in it. Nobody, nobody took it. I said, I need that one more time. The Israelites are the same way. I'm, I'm, I'm doing the same thing. All these years, 6,000 years later, we're doing the same thing. These are two different, um, two different instances in the Bible that we're familiar with. We know that Moses, he struck the rock because the Israelite children, they're being belligerent, they're being cranky, they're arguing. We don't have oranges, pomegranates, grapes, what I just read. They're being belligerent. So God says, well, if you're being cranky, I'm gonna be cranky. You strike that rock two times. And water comes out, probably a little harder than that, but two times and water comes out to show the force. Hey, you're dealing with me in force, I'll deal with you in force. Except, but he still meets the need. He still meets the need. The other one, he says, I want you to speak to the rock. Both, both instances are similar, but, and, and the, the, they lack water. Both, both times they needed, they needed something to make it. They were at the end of their resource. They needed something from the Lord. And God eventually quench, quenches their thirst. Both times, even though they were being knuckleheads. Both times. Either uh, hitting the, striking the rock twice with the rod or speaking to the rock but the provision that the Lord provided did not come without a cost. 
the Israelites' lack of faith would bring them delay. It's obvious to us now that because of their lack of faith, they spent 40 years wandering. 40 years wandering. I don't want to be wandering for 40 years. I don't want to be in a, in a, in a I told you for, for 23, uh, and I, I said it when we were in worship, man, I'm, I would like to just leave it all here. Leave the heaviness, leave the brokenness, leave the disappointment. I'll have something else to disappoint me in 24, I'm sure of it. But I'm praying it ain't this. It's not like this. And in this morning, I, I'm, I'm committed. I've already said it. I'm committed to breaking that thing. I've committed to it, and we're going to do it. I'm, I'm going to get through with this real quick now. I've set it up, and there's three things. Why did Moses not enter the promised land? He let frustration prevail. If you read the similar incident in Exodus, you can certainly understand why this must have been very irritating for Moses because God has always provided. It says, you and Aaron, in Numbers 28 through 12, you and Aaron must take the staff and assemble the entire community as the people watch, speak to the rock over there, and it will pour out its water. You will provide enough water from the rock to satisfy the whole community and their livestock. The whole community, we, we read over this stuff, and, and we, it, it's just, bam, all I saw was community. There's a million people here. There's a million people and there's enough livestock for a million people. So when, when we think community, I'm thinking, ah, oh, you know, 12 disciples, or whatever, my mind is here. No, 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 community. We're gonna strike this rock and it's enough to feed us, or enough to, to quench everyone's thirst, and the animals. And that's a lot, that's a lot. And, and the Lord's done this before, and I'm doubting him again. You know, hey, I can go out there, I can probably fix a couple of y'all a drink out of that bayou, but a million of you? And then I just speak to a rock and the Lord provide. And yet they've seen him do that again and, and they're again in a, in a moment of doubt, a moment of disbelief. Watch God continuously provide and with every problem, they seem to abandon all memory of God's goodness. You can tell that Moses was at the point where he wanted to say enough is enough because frustration, it wasn't the sin the first time but the frustration wasn't the sin, but it, it sets the stage for the punishment that he's about to receive. You know, when we let frustration get the best of us, we lose focus. In the midst of being in our fleshly feelings, we tend to either forget or abandon God's instruction. A frustrated leader, a frustrated Christian, a frustrated person, it's always, almost always struggles to effectively guide those who follow them, those who are watching them. When you're frustrated, it, it's just hard to get it together. Moses didn't enter the promised land because he didn't listen to God. God instructed Moses in numbers to speak to the rock to draw the water. The prophet instead strikes the rock twice, and water flows out abundantly. And the community probably thinks, hey, mission accomplished. We've got water. We've got provision. But in the first incident in Exodus, and I've already told you, the Israelites are cranky. They're belligerent. And God deals with them accordingly to strike the rock and water begins to flow. And they named that place Massa. Massa means testing because Israel tested God. They questioned his promises. They questioned his love. They questioned his provision. But in Deuteronomy 6, Moses reminds Israel that God is a jealous God and that they have tested him. And unfortunately, like many of us, they didn't learn from their past mistakes. I told you, I found my envelope on 
Sunday and about Tuesday, I needed another envelope or I needed another sign. You know, I needed something from the Lord. I, I, I'm guilty of this. When, when they come to Moses again, grumbling and doubting that God would provide, God tells Moses to speak to the rock. Instead, Moses goes with the previous plan and he strikes the rock. We have to listen to what God wants in this next season of our life. Like Moses, we may have frustrating problems. Like I told you, I, I would imagine that most of us would like, 23 is, a, 23 is, is like 2020 all over again. 2020 was terrible because of COVID. 23 is, at least for our family, me and Casey have both been in the hospital in 23. We both had surgeries. I'm like, man, what in the world is going on? That's on top of all the other fun stuff. And 23 has just been one to let that one go and do better in 24. More in 24. So y'all, if y'all don't remember anything else today, you'll remember my more in 24. We're frustrated like Moses, but there's a good chance that as we get closer to our promised land, God switches up the game plan. And is that not where we're at today? What worked in the past may not be the best way to go forward. We have to seek God and be obedient to the new strategies that he lays out for us solving these problems. I'm, I'm glad that I wrote that, me living that. If I'm being honest, this is the behind the veil part. This is if I'm being honest. That sounds good. This is how we do it. Living that, walking that out is a daily process. You know, I had, a, I had at least enough faith to drive to Monroe. You know, it's, when I knew there was money in that envelope, this brother was going to drive. I had faith that I went out to my truck and I hit the button, it started up, and I said, Lord, I know that envelope's going to be there, that envelope's going to be there. I had, I had all the faith in the world for that because I saw what was in the envelope. I saw what the prize was. They didn't see what the prize was. Third thing, I'm almost done. Moses did not enter the promised land because he did not give God the credit. We think we do. We think we do. Numbers 20, verse 10 says, Then he and Aaron summoned the people to come and gather at the rock. He said, Listen, you rebels, must we bring water from this rock? Moses says before all the Israelites, Must we bring water from this rock? I have never seen a human draw water from a rock. I've never seen that. Only God can do this. Only him. By not giving God the glory in the moment, Moses and Aaron sealed their fate. It's not because God needs our accolades this morning, but we have to understand that when we don't properly acknowledge God's role in our life, that we are doomed to believe that we achieve our greatest accomplishments by our own power. It's, I can't, I can't do that. I, I get this, and I got this recently. I don't remember who it was. People say this to me a lot. They've always said this to me. It says, you can play these instruments. It's just a gift. It, you, it's just natural. And I'm like, it did not come natural. It, it, I have practiced and practiced and practiced and practiced and practiced. I still practice. I said, now, it may look like it just comes but it does not. It only comes, I probably have a natural desire to want to do it, you know, but I, it did not come. I did not one day, I think they, people would think that I sat down at the piano and bam, there it was. That's not how that happened. And, uh, and the same with anything else I play. It, it took, I decided I want to play harmonica one time. 
and I had to drive in my car. I learned to, <laughs> I learned to play the harmonica driving to work. And I'd put a song on, and I had a song I wanted to play it on, and uh, I shouldn't have told y'all that. I get harmonica requests from time to time. We can't, we can't bring that into the house of the Lord. So, <laughs> The Israelites continually, continuously put their trust in man over God. Moses made the mistake of reinforcing that when he took the credit for what God, only God could do. I, this is where I get convicted, because it sounds good in church Oh, you don't put your faith in a man. You don't put your faith in anyone other than God. It's like, well, of course that's how I live. And until someone really disappoints you. And then you say, I'm guilty. I'm guilty of looking at the wrong thing. I didn't think I was. I didn't know I was. But I'm guilty of honoring the wrong thing. I should have had my eyes on the Lord. And it's, it's not that I was, I wasn't sinning, I was distracted. And I didn't have my eyes set on things above, I had my eyes set here. Cruise control is a wonderful thing, except it's not. It's, it's good on this realm, it's not good in that one. And if I'm not being pushed, if you're not being pushed spiritually, something's got to push you. Something's got to gnaw on the back of you, oh, I, I, I shouldn't do that and I need to do this. Something should be talking to you every day. When Israel saw Moses not enter the promised land, they knew that it was God who ultimately made that thing happen, made that trip happen. It wasn't their leader. Moses was not able to go over. I think there, I, could, I could really spend a lot of time on this, but I'm not. But we can't put all of our trust in one single man. God puts people in our life to guide us. And they've been different. It's funny. I can look over the years and see where God did something very specific in my life. It, musically, it's easy. Musically, I can, I can see where, where I went through a period of from about four years old to 12 years old, learning how to do the fundamentals. And then God introduced me into a different group of people that taught me things that I still do today from about 12 to 17 and then it took that away, something I really enjoyed at that, at that age, something I really, the people I really enjoyed being with. And then he took me out of that and really kind of put me by myself. And it was just me and him. I see that now. I didn't like it then. I didn't like it at all. I still don't like it. I complain about it all the time. Yes, Casey. I complain about Ponchatoula High School. I, I never wanted to leave Ponchatoula. And uh, I hadn't lived in Ponchatoula in a long time. And uh, I'm, I'm still doing okay, but I, I, I'm still sore about it. But I see the benefit of that season in my life, but I didn't see it then. I complained. I murmured. We can't take undue credit. Even when you're called to lead others, and as Christians, that's, that's, that's it. You know, we, we get, here's what we'll say about church. And I can't get off on this, but here's what we'll say. We'll bring them to church and they'll get saved. That's not really what church is for. That's, that's not the, the New Testament church. Now, we'll do it. Hey, we'll, we'll make an altar call. I'll do it here in a minute. And, and we'll ask for salvation. And, and I, I understand why you say that. But really what's supposed to happen is, is that this is the equipping of the saints. So when you come, we worship, we pray, Absolutely take communion together, we'll dedicate babies together, we baptize, absolutely. 
But what really is supposed to happen is when you leave this place, you were equipped so much that when you go out of there, people say, there's something different about him. That's really what church is supposed to be. And I get it. It's like, well, y'all are the band, y'all are the preachers, and y'all do all the work. That's not really how that's supposed to work. Now, we should be doing that too, but just not on Sunday. That's free. That's not even in my notes. But as leaders, if, if, if we're pointing people to Jesus, that's what we should do in our lives. Now, some of us are easier at that. I've been with people that could go to a restaurant, and by the time we left, they led five waitresses to the Lord. If I'm being honest, that is not my gift. I'm, I'm, I, I try to be nice, but I, I don't know that if I don't speak in tongues when I walk into Texas Roadhouse. Most time it's like, why won't y'all seat me? I'm here. So if y'all been there, y'all know what I'm talking about. I want the band to come back with me this morning. Um, I want, be careful to acknowledge the good things that God has done for you. I do this often. It's going to sound cheesy to you, but I, I do this pretty often. Because it's, it's, it's for my spirit. There's plenty of times when I drive home and we, our driveway kind of splits and I park on the side of the house. Plenty of times when I hit that button to, to turn my truck off and say, Lord, thank you for my house. Thank you for giving me a place to live. And I do that, and I mean it. I'm, I'm not being callous when I say it. I mean it, but it's the practice of being grateful and knowing that, man, just like that, it could all be going. Just like that, the blessing of God can be gone. It's God that's made a way. I used to, this, you've heard these stories. I, used to, I remember when this happened. People, <clears throat> they'll say this in church, and I remember doing this. And, and I kind of, it was one of those, I trust in God a little bit. I remember when we were wanting to buy a new house, it's been several years ago, and I could not figure it out. I, I couldn't do it. And I remember driving around, wanting to live in a, in a specific part of West Monroe. Says, this is where I want to be because they have nice trees. And I, that's, I like that. And I want to live there. I, would, I had a motorcycle then. i drive that motorcycle, and I'm telling you, this is going to sound super spiritual. I know some of y'all don't, you don't really, this is as close as we get, but the ones that, are really, that know me know that I'm not super spiritual. I don't, I don't see angels in the clouds. You know, I'm spiritual, I'm just not super spiritual. And uh, y'all probably like, what does he mean by that? It, look, I still only drink Diet Coke, but it's, it's just, I'm, I'm not naming and claim it. So when we drive through that area of town, I would, Lord Jesus, you know, I want to live back here. I just want to remind you how faithful I am. I'm very faithful. <laughs> I just want to remind you that I'm a good boy. And we drive through that area of town. And can I tell you, this true story. I remember, at that time, there was, a, there was a, a preacher that had come through and encouraging us to do this. Encouraging us to, it's, it's not name it and claim it, but hey, Lord, this is the desire of my heart. And if it's your will, if, if there's a way, and it's okay with you, really, I would pray this way, then make a way. And, uh, and we, he did. I, I mean, I, I moved exactly where I wanted to move. And the Lord made a way to, to the, the person that owned the house. Casey ended up knowing him from years before. I mean, it, it was really a miracle that the way the Lord lined those things up. That's not the last time he's done that for me. It's not. We got on a plane and flew to Rochester knowing that uh, Casey didn't have a job. And, and 
on the plane get a phone call and get hired from people she didn't even know and probably treated her the best as anybody's ever treated her. And, and you hear these stories, in ch- especially in church, and, and you find it hard to believe. You may be sitting there this morning saying, how does that apply to me? I need the Lord to do something for me. I need the Lord to make a way. I need the Lord to make provision. I need him to, I need water from this rock because all it looks like is a dumb rock to me. But when it's in the Lord's hands, when it's the Lord's plan, when, he, when you give him the opportunity to do what only he can do, he can make water come from a rock. He can make somebody, you know what? I'll finance that house for y'all. Like, what? I'll finance that house for you. I'm one of those people at, at that time said, hey, I'll just, if you want this house, I'll just finance it for you. I'm like, well, that makes things easy, you know? And then you move, the Lord does it another. You even move out of the state and the Lord does it again. And then you move home and he does it again. Like, I don't deserve your goodness. That's why when I drive up to my house, I say, Lord, thank you for my house. That's why when I stand behind this piano, it, almost every, every Sunday, Lord, thank you for letting me tell you I love you the way I do. I can do it this way. Like, I, I can do it a different way maybe than somebody else. I can take these hands, and I can take this voice, and I can take these lungs. I can do it all to give you glory. Because I never want to be somewhere in my life where I think that this was me. It's not me. It's, oh, the, the Lord can use a donkey, and I, I like to refer to myself as that often. I say the Lord can use any old donkey, he can use me. But I'm telling you, God is faithful this morning. Don't, don't, be, don't be stuck from going into 24 because we don't give him praise, because we don't give him glory, because we don't give him credit. Don't, don't, don't be stuck in 23. Leave it all here. Leave it there. Today's a new day. Tomorrow's a new day. You got maybe 12 more hours. If there's anything that you want to wrap up and leave, you got 12 hours to do it. And then tomorrow, we don't, we're not going to talk about it. Come tomorrow, I'm not going to mention. You know, we only give power to the enemy when we voice it. You know, it took me a long time to learn that. You know, you, you, we, the devil gets all kinds of credit. You know, the devil doesn't know anything that you don't tell him. He, he, now, God's omnipotent, omniscient. God knows everything. He knows the thoughts. He knows our heart. He knows everything, but the enemy only says, when, when, when I say I'm sick and tired of this, and he catches on to that, he didn't know it until I told him. Yeah, you didn't, if you didn't know that, you know it now. So if I'm griping and complaining, if I'm Moses and I'm frustrated, well, the enemy didn't know Moses was frustrated until he put it out there. Now, that's tough. That was extra. That's not in my notes. That's just extra. Last, last scripture, 34, Deuteronomy 34.10 says, There's never been another prophet in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. That encourages me, even though we know, we're, we know Moses was not allowed to go in the promised land. This encourages me because I may not have it all together. I don't have it all together. I don't. It's, it, it doesn't matter if I read my Bible in the morning. At some point in the day, it's going to be, I didn't read my Bible enough. I didn't pray enough. There's, it's never enough for me. I'm, I, always, I live under that pressure that whatever, when, I, when I get up here this morning, I, it's, within the first three minutes, it was I didn't do fill in the blank enough. It's never enough. But with his grace, with his anointing, that's not an excuse not to prepare. It's just there's never enough. 
There's never enough time with me and the Lord doing what, what he would want me to do, spending just time with him. But when I look at this, and I know the life of Moses, and I know he, even he wasn't allowed to go in the promised land, nobody ever knew him. Nobody ever knew the Lord, nobody ever knew God the way that Moses knew God. So this morning, I want to challenge you, no matter what you face, it's always going to be my common theme. It's, it's always you can make it. It's always there's hope. You'll hear me say it every week, and I hope you don't get tired of me saying it, but there's always joy in his presence. There's always peace in his presence. There's healing in his presence. There's things in his presence that can only be accomplished in his presence. I'm glad that we, we're Pentecostal. We believe in the moving and the gifts of the Spirit. We believe in, in the Spirit touching our, our, our hearts right here as, as, as we need it. We believe in the Holy Spirit moving. And as we worship and as we give God credit and as we give him the glory, as we give him the honor, he begins to move. He begins to do things that only he can do. This morning, I want you to bow your heads with me. I don't ever, it's important to me that whether I speak good, whether I don't, but, but when I do this, I always, I, I have to ask if there's someone here that is at least, maybe they're not where they want to be with the Lord or they're, they don't know the Lord. They haven't accepted Jesus as their Savior. So this morning, as you have your head bowed, search your heart, search your, uh, your mind this morning and are you where you need to be with the Lord? That's kind of generic, and I don't mean for it to be. But you know, and I'm not talking about you got it all figured out. I don't know that any of us have that. But as you search your soul, because see, if today's the last day of 2023, and I, I do this every year, I, I try to get a plan, I really do. I try to get a plan for, for what I'm going to do for Bible study, for how I'm going to read the Bible, when I'm going to do it. I, I try to stick to that plan. As you're planning 24, is, is the Lord walking into 24? When you wake up tomorrow, are you waking up with the Lord? Are you waking up with God on your side? Are you waking up knowing that he's your Savior, that he's your Lord? So this morning, we're going to pray. And if you don't know that today, if you're here and you're not sure, you can be sure. You can be sure today that he is your savior. Father, I thank you. I thank you that you've made a way for us, Father. I thank you because you've, you've been faithful. I thank you because you've saved us, Father. You've rescued us, Lord. When we've been in that spot where we needed water from a rock, Lord, you've provided. Lord, I pray today that as we've worshiped, as we've sung, as we've shared our hearts, that, Father, you were, you were ministered to. And, Father, as you were ministered to, I pray that you've moved on somebody's heart this morning that's not where they need to be. It's, they're not where they want to be. Father, have your way in this place. Have your way in our hearts, have your way in our church. Father, as we step into 24 tomorrow, Lord, I pray that our perspective changes. Lord, I pray that our mind shifts, Lord, to your, to what you wanna do. Lord, it, we, we thought it was one way, 
Lord, now it's another way. And Father, help us to trust that when we drive across town to find a, an envelope on the ground, that if you care enough about that, how much more do you care about our, our souls, our relationships, our church, our community, Father, our region? How much more? Father, I pray that as we leave this place today, that we leave challenged. Lord, knowing that it's you who are the source of our hope, the source of our joy, you are our strength, Father. I thank you for your faithfulness. Father, I thank you for this group of people that are here today. Lord, they have been so faithful, so faithful above and beyond. They've been consistent. They've been constant. Lord, what, what, what a great testimony of where they are at with you. Father, have your way in this place.